is Saturday morning at the football on 882 6 pm The voice of Perth. Yeah, just gone five minutes past 11. Get on the line, 922 through until 11.30. Then we'll pick it up here live from Eddie Head Stadium as the West Coast Eagles come out to do their preliminaries against the Western Bulldogs. Bounce down is 11.45 Western Standard Time. $200 Tony Barlow menswear voucher up for grabs between now and 11.30. The AFL operations manager has been good enough to give us a few moments of his time, Simon Lethleen. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Going well. Pretty busy week, and it's going to get busier. Yeah, no, it's a bit uh, <laughs> going on. There's always something happening in footy, but uh, the footy's good too. That's the main thing. Hey, Simon, Kim Hagdorn here. You made a big move through the course of the week, or several, really. Uh, one, to, to take the unprecedented move to uh, to, to appeal the Baka Hooli sort of hit. Um, do you think we're getting closer? I know we throw this to you pretty regularly. Are we getting closer to the need, or if not even potential, for a send-off rule? No, I can be pretty fast on that one. Yep. No, we're not. I don't think that's uh, part of our game, and it's certainly not part of our thinking at all. And you also moved on the, the uh, countdown clock this week. Will, will you need to review how that's handled by the on-field adjudicators, the umpires, uh, before next season? Oh, we'll review it at the end of the year. Look, I, we, I made a change there on the basis of a couple of things. My view is if we're trying to make umpiring as easy as possible, let's give them all the tools we can for the whole game. And if that means the clock up there helps them get the timings right, then so be it. And, and likewise, if you want our players to execute their skills as well as they can, let's not confuse them by taking it off for portions of the game. And I think thirdly on that one, we just need you know some maturity from the players a bit too, not to you know actively waste that clock you know everyone deserves 30 seconds but you know if you're gonna stand there stupidly deliberately not taking your kick when you're ready to do so then we'll have the ability to call play on but i think it'll be on rare occasions so i'm just quickly revisiting the bashahuli decision um i know you had the power to do it how quickly was it in your gut did you have to consult with somebody before you made the decision to appeal Oh, look, my instincts were that that, that sanction was inadequate. Um, there's obviously a process to go through internally, and, and I seek the counsel of Andrew Dillon, our general counsel, and, and, and others to, to go through the regulation and make sure our rights to appeal uh, were strong, and we felt they were. And, you know, most importantly to us, we needed to, I think, make a stand for an appropriate sanction on things that are really important to us, which is the health and safety of our players and protection of their heads. So we had no... Uh, no um, no other way to go, I didn't think. Are you flabbergasted what Tom Bog did last night? Um, oh, I, I, I'll be careful not to talk too much about it. I think there's been a fair bit of commentary that, you know, it looks to be a, an incident that's really serious and it's caused a player to go off, have concussion tests, miss the whole game. I think Tom himself has already said that he's embarrassed by it and will take whatever consequences come. So he, he might have already said that for me. Simon, with your crackdown and, and understandable awareness of control uh, and duty of care with the concussion circumstances. What about getting any closer to the need or even the allocation of reserves? For an instance where you lose a player through concussion, he's not coming back in the game, can you have someone sitting there that can actually take his place? Last night was four minutes into the game, so Sydney are down a player. Yeah, it's certainly some commentary about that. It, it, again, it's not in our current thinking. We've, we've got rid of the sub a couple of years ago because the mm-hmm. clubs really didn't like that process and I'm not sure the fans liked having subs in there either and for the players they were losing fitness and losing momentum in their season so um, at this stage we've got you know a cap on interchange so that you know that does act as a a bit of a restriction on a club being out, out rotate and out fresh and 
players when they lose uh, a player on one side. And secondly, the results in the last few years since the sub has gone with the cap is that above 50% of teams that have lost a player for the course of the game are still winning. So we don't see it as a drastic uh, issue at the moment, but we'll keep an eye on it. Uh-huh. Simon, just with the MRP, uh, everything's in under review as it goes along, I'm sure, but do you think it needs to be reviewed at the end of the year and maybe have two players in a, in a legal eagle, perhaps sitting on that panel? Uh, you're talking about the MRP or the tribunal? MRP, you know, to make the decision MRP, the first. Look, yeah, look, MRP um, uh, has, you know, four past players on there and I think it's important to note that, you know, as general manager of football, I do have the, the right to ensure that I'm comfortable with all the decisions that go through there. and um, I've got a legal background, um, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the makeup. I think it's really important to have players on that MRP to keep the currency of understanding of football and the nuance of football and, and how incidents take place and they need to execute our rules and implement them for us and that's critical I think um, you know, under the right direction they're doing a pretty good job. How long have you been a legal legal Simon because where were you in the 80s when you needed you on that flight to Hawaii? <laughs> uh, yeah I was probably in year 6 in the 80s but um, no, I've been a lawyer for 20 years but uh, I certainly wasn't a lawyer in the 80s. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the MRP and you've mentioned their ex-players, uh, and we love them with what they do and so on. But do you, do you feel as though, like I do, they've been a little bit lenient in some of their adjudication decisions because they're the ex-player? Um, it's fair to say that the MRP, when it was rejigged by Mark Evans and others, mm-hmm. was designed to uh, understand players' behaviours and issues. And, and it has probably been a, if it's a benefit of the doubt, the players have probably got that and it's a system that you know doesn't seek to suspend players for really minor issues and, and at the top end of major issues it goes to the tribunal and they're dealt with hopefully accordingly so um, we certainly made a stance middle of the year to make it known to players that any benefit of doubt in relation to punches now would be going their way and I think we've seen that unfold now and hopefully the the message gets across that there's no room for punching in our game. Simon, just in the game overall and the results, I mean, do you think there's any one or a couple of reasons as to why it's all fallen into place this year? We've seen a log jam between sort of about one and about 14. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's nice to answer questions like that these days as well, which is, shows that the footy's really good. Look, it's it's tight. Uh, we've got the best athletes in Australia playing our game and I think the pathways are developing good players. I think our draft and our trading system and our salary cap is is biting the way you want it to for competitive balance and, and uh, you know, when Team 17 I think won six games in a row the last yeah. little while, it proves that your team can win any week and that's what the fans want to go to the footy for so uh, it's going well and we're, we're keen to, to keep uh, the talent and the clubs all in the same sort of realm so that we've got uh, really even competition and that's the case this year which is great Simon, last one from me, lots of issues to discuss and so on, <laughs> but were you ever likely to have an introduction of uh, capacity front pies to give free kicks at quarter, half and three quarter time breaks. Currently they can't. So for instance the uh, the Will Schofield won last week, no free kick given. I know he's, he's ultimately reported, but ever any capacity where an umpire can give a free kick for, to try and prevent a scuffle during a break? Uh, I've never thought about that. I assume you mean then at the centre bounce. Yeah, yeah or, or closest advantage to goal, yeah. Um, look, I'm not sure you want to head down that path. I, I think the purity of starting each of our quarters with the centre bounce mm-hmm. is what you'd like to, to see maintained. Um, obviously, there's the ability for umpires to report, and we obviously review all the incidents on video. I think there's enough deterrence to 
make players behave when the siren goes, but uh, that's an idea I hadn't really thought of. Uh, well, mate, forget all that other crap, uh, Simon. Uh, the most important question is, <laughs> have you instructed the umpires to give the Bulldogs more free kicks than the Eagles today? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did re- listen and read uh, some of that commentary last week that uh, about a bias towards the Bulldogs. Uh, I just can't understand how people <laughs> might think that the umpires or ourselves could instruct an umpiring group to give favourable treatment to a club, but um, I think uh, we'll let the, the crowd noise do its bit and let the umpires do their bit and let the dogs play how they always do and see how we go. Simon, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Simon, guys. Cheers.